Hey, what's up? It's Jared. This is Smack Talk with Mac. It's been a while. Let's talk some Gardner-Webb basketball and college basketball elsewhere all around the country. Well, since we've last talked, Gardner-Webb has had a full slate of games. You know, their uh, games over break um, traveled to Purdue, and I, I got I got to go to that game, the privilege of Mackey Arena in West Lafayette, Indiana, and uh, Tim Kraft took his boys up there. Uh, it's a good good scheduled game for Gardner-Webb. You know, tough non-conference schedule. And Gardner-Webb fell behind early. And, you know, it looked like, well, it's just they're just overmatched. You know, a road game, a Big Ten environment. Not so fast, you know. Tyler Strange, he's now leading the nation in assist, total assist, second in assist per game. He had 14 the other night against Longwood, which is a career high. I think he had 12 assists in that game, 18 points. He had a three late. I mean, he he the will, he brought the team back, and it was really Jerome Hill against the Boilermakers. It was a good win, good comeback win. It was a surprise victory. I had the pleasure to be there, and that was it was enjoyable to watch that. And, you know, and Gardner-Webb came back. Another win over break over Furman at home, which was nice, but that loss at Jacksonville is going to be a blemish, you know, it doesn't really matter, but it's still a blemish here in conference play. The running Bulldogs are off to a 5-3 and three start. We're in a first-place tie with five other teams. Now out of that tie, still got some things rolling. Already went over Coastal Carolina. They'll see them again this week on Saturday at home. If you're not doing anything on Saturday, be a good place for you to be is Paul Port Arena. 4 o'clock as Coastal, the Chan- Chancellors, come and visit running Bulldogs. You know, I talk about the Tar Heels a little bit here. Playing pretty well of late, you know. I I I kind of dissed Roy Williams and his boys early in the season. You know, I didn't didn't think they'd be able to compete in the ACC like they have been the past few years, especially against you know some more stiffer competition. But since that loss to Notre Dame at home, which some people were a little bit surprised about, you know, Notre Dame is a good team, but how are they going to balance out in ACC play as far as all the powerhouses? Uh, Chapel Hill's reeled off five straight wins, including the win at or against Louisville at home, and most recently over Florida State. You know Marcus Page's, you know preseason All American pick. He's playing very well for the Tar Heels. But Roy Williams is getting some other contributors, getting some scoring, he's getting more defense. His boys are growing up a little bit, and they're going to be a tough out come March. Well, that finally happened. You know. Back-to-back losses, Miami and NC State. The true Blue Blue Devil fans were wondering, is Coach K ever going to get his thousandth win? Well, it happened at the same exact place where he passed Bob Knight on the all-time list. Madison Square Garden yesterday, their non-conference slate here in late January against St. John's was moved from St. John's' home gym to their somewhat home gym, Madison Square Garden, where they play a lot of their home games, and Coach K... Saw his team trailing by eight with over ten, just under ten minutes to play. Well, his boys rallied, twenty-seven to nine run to finish the game, giving him his thousandth win with that win over St. John's. It means a lot, and Duke's back on track. I mean, they're still ranked in the top ten of the country. Two conference losses already, but a couple good games coming up for them. They travel to Notre Dame this week, and then they'll see Virginia late later in the. Uh, 
in a couple weeks here, and then in the middle of February, we'll be their first matchup with North Carolina. I believe that one is at Cameron Indoor, and then they will go travel to Chapel Hill. It'll be the last game of the regular season. They're that last, they're that first Saturday in March before the conference tournament. And we'll talk a little bit about Kentucky. Um, you know, they're slowly developing more and more. John Calipari, you know, he he goes to these when he recruits his players. He says, "I want you to come to Kentucky." I'll turn you into a man in one year. I'll prepare you for the NBA. I'll get you drafted, but you're only going to play 20 minutes a game. Now, some people would say, yeah, I don't know about that. But he gets these players to come. He gets them to buy in like a Trey Lyles, the kid from Indianapolis. He's contributing 6'11". He's got to contribute, but he's only playing 18, 22 minutes a game. But he's contributing. If it wasn't for him, where would they be? But really, the Harrison Twins are really been poised, really getting that team together. Will Collie Stein, if he stays healthy, you know, I, I think no question last year that they dominate Connecticut in the championship if Will Collie Stein's healthy. Will Collie Stein, Will Collie Stein is an All American this year, most likely, potentially player of the year, depending on how the season pans out. Um, you know, they had a close win over Texas A and M, another close win. One game I thought they might lose though was this past weekend on Saturday when they traveled to Columbia the Battle of the Gamecocks. You know, I thought Frank Martin, Frank Martin kind of has Calipari's number since he's came to South Carolina. And South Carolina as a whole, I mean, that's a tough place to play, tough environment. They have good fans there, good fans for their girls too. As a, you know, a little side note here, South Carolina's girls are ranked number one, which is kind of surprising, you know, with your Notre Dames, your Connecticut's, and your Stanford's. They will battle Texas A&M at home tonight. So, you know, if you're in the, if you're in the upstate area, you know, head on down to Columbia be a good matchup tonight if you can get your hands on a ticket. But really, Kentucky didn't lose Saturday. They trailed one point with like seven minutes left in the first half, and South Carolina just couldn't throw it in the ocean. This team is continuing to develop, and I just I would not count them out. You know, 75-76 Hoosiers team. They got that champagne on ice about every night, especially with Virginia. They're uh, scaring the daylights out of their fans yesterday with that close win at Virginia Tech. But I think the 75-76 Hoosiers, the last undefeated team to go undefeated throughout the entire year, has something to worry about. Kentucky's going to go in, just like Wichita State did last year, I think they're going to go into the tournament without a blemish on their resume. I like their matchup at Florida. You know, I just don't think Florida can score. Florida doesn't match up real well. Um... I'd like to see Kentucky battle Arkansas. We'll see it. There, there could be. I would watch. If there's one team I'd watch out for, and I think one thing that'll hurt is now that Conzo Martin last year he really developed Tennessee, moved on. I think that could potentially um, hinder Tennessee's chances with that without that backbone coach. But they got another good coach, so look for them to really challenge Kentucky. If there is one team out there. I believe that can knock off Kentucky here in the regular season. Well, let's quickly move on here to the Big 12 mayhem. What's happened in the Big 12? Kansas, I mean, all these, they've reeled off all these consecutive Big 12 regular season championships under Bill Self since he's been there. Um, they're really being challenged by Iowa State. Iowa State can't lose at home. They only had two losses the past two-plus years at home, both coming to Kansas. They get a rematch a couple Saturdays ago on primetime TV, and they took down the Jayhawks. But the Jayhawks this past weekend went into Texas, went into Austin, got a good road victory. Cliff Alexander's really grown up before Bill Self's eyes. He's getting other contributors like Selden Jr., among others. Um, 
Look for Kansas to be right there in the conversation at the end of the year for the Big 12 title, uh, regular season, and obviously the conference tournament. Another team to look out for, Oklahoma State's really playing well. They've, you know, it's kind of up and down for them. Um, Oklahoma and some other teams. My dark horse, though, in the Big 12 is West Virginia, and we'll talk a little bit more about them down the road. You know, they only got three losses. They're playing really well. Bob Huggins' teams always play well, even when they're not having good years. He gets the most out of his players, and just happens this year. He's got some really talented players. Um, you know, there's a there's a Big Ten mix-up too. You know, Wisconsin's still at the top, but as a, until yesterday, IU, IU, which was picked to finish towards the bottom of the Big Ten, was right there. Very young team. Tom Crean's got his boys playing well. They had a huge win over Maryland, which last week at home, which brings some questions to Maryland. They got losses at Illinois and at Indiana, which are two, you know, potential pretty tough teams. But how, how's Maryland going to match up with Wisconsin? Can they compete with Wisconsin? Another team that's kind of coming on strong is Ohio State. Big win. Yesterday, over IU at home, really gets them back in the conversation of the top teams in the Big Ten and, you know, vying for a top five, top four seed once the selection. Selection committee will like that win against IU at home. It's a do- it was a dominating win. A Delangelo Russell, folks, remember that name. On nearly 20 points a game. Most people hadn't even heard of him until a couple couple weeks ago here in Big Ten play. You know, 20 points a game on a season, which leads all freshmen. You know, I always got to talk about my Boilermakers a little bit. You know, they're uh, four and three in conference play. Losses to Wisconsin and Maryland, so not a bad loss. Well, actually, well, in the third loss to Illinois, which I'll take that. It's it's tough to win at Illinois, and if you can know if you can get a win there, it's always a it's always a plus for your season. You know, Purdue's one of their home games. They got a loss to Maryland at home, but um, on Saturday they beat a ranked team in Iowa at home. Their first ranked win since winning at Wisconsin a long time ago, two years ago. Um, so keep an eye on the boys. They got room, a lot of room to improve, and they probably have the two best big man in the Big Ten, maybe possibly the entire country. So really keep an eye on them. Um, Kendall Stevens has a hand injury, so watch out for that. Matt Painter gets the most out of his boys usually, and their defense is coming on strong. So keep an eye on the Boilermakers and the entire Big Ten. It's gonna be fun to watch. You know, former Gardner Webb coach uh, Chris Holtman. Gotta always talk about Holtman and the Butler Bulldogs. Uh, as of January 1st, Holtman is now officially the head coach. Interim tags removed. Head coach uh, Brandon Miller has moved on from the Butler program. So Holtman is the head coach. Uh, Collier, the AD there, signed Holtman to a multi-year deal, which is a, is a good thing because uh, I think Holtman would have dashed. <laughs> you know, he would have a, got a job, whether it had been a, a higher higher up in a power conference or, you know, even somewhere back, another job that he's been wanting, you know, from Gardner-Webb and now to uh, – not a butler. So they got a good win over Seton Hall yesterday, and that completes the sweep of Seton Hall. Beat them twice when they were ranked. Um, they're going to compete. And one thing to note is they have six wins over top 50 teams in the RPI. The only two teams with more wins are the two undefeated teams, Kentucky and Virginia, which is really surprisingly because some people say Virginia, Kentucky schedule. And well, Kentucky, you got to remember all those teams that they absolutely manhandled in non conference play. And Virginia's playing one conference play. So, um, but Butler, I mean, it, that win will not go unnoticed when it comes to selection city, election committee. I believe that with their remaining schedule, they win their home games when the games are supposed to win. They're a team that's in. Some people have them as high as a five seed right now, so we will see. You know, I, that's going to be about it for uh, this week. You know, there's a lot of games going on. You know, we get getting the conference play, the gritty play. You know, you can't win every game, but you got to win your home games. You look at Duke. 
you look at North Carolina, at the Dean, the Dean Center, Cameron Indoor, those games are going to have to be won at home, especially to keep pace with Virginia. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see, when, the, like when Duke and North Carolina play each other. You know, I expect them to split this year, possibly Duke sweep. I would doubt it. It's really rare of a sweep, you know, as most of you know. Um, going forward, I'm going to highlight one team. We'll start highlighting one team a week for the remainder of the season. Next week, we're going to start with Notre Dame. You know, Mike Bray's team up there in South Bend been quite a surprise this year, and we're going to see how they have developed into a powerhouse in the ACC and how they've adjusted since moving from the Big East. Also, we're going to talk about one of my Final Four picks in VCU and how they are and will continue to dominate the A-10. Until next time, I'm Jerry McMurray. Thanks for listening.